1: attention all military and federal employees consider grace church for your tax deductible cfc donations last year alone our bag of hope ministry provided over 13 tons of food to local families our project promise program provides educational resources and life essentials for 250 orphans and 100 widows internationally also preventing the children from living on the street or even worse we serve even more who are spiritually hungry and hurting people fighting suicide in hopeless situations or simply searching for truth reach out saying our strong practical teaching gives them life changing hope that draws them to Christ and helps them get back on track. Help us do even more and continue to make a difference in the lives of those who need it most. No contribution is too big or too small. Sign up on your job today. Our CFC number is 35614 that's 35614
2: You were meant to think-
3: tomorrow can be bigger. Yeah. Just grow, let the world overflow. You're yeah. my life bigger than yourself. You're created for me.
2: to Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer, Senior Pastor of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia, where we are reaching the lost, empowering the hurting, assimilating the lonely, and leading our generation for Christ. Visit gracechurchva.org for this message and to find out more about grace and how you can grow in Christ. We serve a big God and believe that His Word calls for us to live big. So our hope is that this broadcast inspires you to live the big, full life that God has for you. Here's Dr. Greer.
3: God said through Isaac... The nation shall be blessed. Out of Isaac, I I will bless your seed and they will become a great people. But Isaac didn't have any babies. He didn't have any children yet. So Abraham in his lightning fast mind did some reasoning. How you reason when God doesn't make sense will make all the difference in whether or not you obey. You see, all of God's promises will be fulfilled in the end. If they're not yet fulfilled, it must not be the end. That's why I'm not, I, I know I'm not dying tomorrow because God showed me some things that I haven't done yet in my life. And that's why you ought to know you're not dying tomorrow because God is showing you things. And if he hasn't showed you things, you just might. But as for me, I'm like, Lord, keep showing me. Yes. Yes. Keep showing me. Yes. And the devil will be like, uh, you're getting an old, boy. You know, you're the, the best, the devil is a liar. God, keep showing me. Keep showing me. There's more life in this boy. Watch this. Concluding, this was his conclusion. Abraham's conclusion. He's not even under the New Testament. It's the Old Covenant. He didn't even have this whole book to read. He can only read up to Genesis 22. And actually, the Bible wasn't even written yet. Moses wrote it. So all he had was probably verbal narratives. Concluding that God was able to raise him up. See, his thinking was, again, if God promised, see through this boy. And God's telling me to kill this boy. That must mean he's going to, what, get up and come back. Concluding that God was able to raise him even, even. I mean, even sometimes, you know, stuff gets really bad, really nasty, and and really difficult. But he's like, even death couldn't stop God. So believe me, if death couldn't stop God, your little bitty situation can't stop God. And this is my whole point for Father's Day, my whole point. The reason Abraham was willing to sacrifice his son was only because he believed his son would come back. The only way our God can be a good, good father and let us go through some of the things that we're going through in life is because he already sees your comeback. Because you're thinking, God, are you sadistic? God, are you mean, how is this happening? God's like, I see the other side. And you need to operate in faith. You need to trust me. If I'm, listen, if, again, if I'm sending you to it, I'll get you through it. Just trust me. I got you. Amen. Genesis 22 and 4. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes, and he saw the place afar off. But it didn't bother him because he knew weeping may endure for a night. But get through the night, and joy comes in the morning. You see, God is not alarmed by what you're going through because he already planned and sees your reversal. Here's where my faith is today. No one can hurt me more than God can reward me. So some people say, well, I believe in God. I'll never get hurt. Good luck with that. Sometimes I get hurt bad, real bad. But I'm persuaded, you know, what? if they can hurt me that bad, oh, you can bless me that good. God, you will not be outdone by a human or by the devil. And that's where my faith lies, and I hope you're in the same boat. You know, I've illustrated this in the past. I, I kind of see life a little bit like a, a, a bouncy ball. The higher you throw me down, the higher I'm going to bounce back up. But God doesn't promise you're not going to be thrown down. He just says, you will come back. Five. And Abraham said to the young man, he said, "Um, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go over yonder and worship. You see, Abraham, by faith, had a different perspective. You see, those of us that don't read this by faith... We're like, man, he should be wringing his hands. He should be crying and, and screaming. But you see, if Abraham faced a field of, of dandelions, he wouldn't see a hundred weeds. He'd see a thousand wishes. It's up to you how you see a thing. He said, stay here with a donkey. In other words, hold my mule. <laughs> You see, when God's promises are alive on the inside of you, a trial is just another opportunity to throw your hands up and worship God. But it's up to you to do that. God can't do that for you. He says, stay here with the donkey, and I will go yonder and worship. I want you to notice... The plural matter of fact, I, before I, I go there, I want you to notice before he could make it to the top of the mountain, he had to leave some donkeys behind. Yeah. And some of those donkeys in your life are not gonna go with you to the top of your hill. And unless you're willing to leave them and walk on with God. You're never going to get where you're going. It's my story. I'll tell it how I want. (laughs) Hallelujah. He said, the Lord and I will go up yonder in worship. Notice the plural. that comes up here. And we, and we, and we, and both of us. Will come back. You see, Abraham had the comeback on his mind. And when you're dealing with sacrifice, have the comeback on your mind. Abraham fully expected to return with his son. If God leads you to it, it's only because he's going to lead you through it. Trust him. So Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering, and he laid it on Isaac's back, his son. Does that remind you of anyone who carried some wood on his back? And he took the fire in his hand and a knife. In spite of all this, watch what the next clause tells us. And the two of them went Together. If God's really good and you really believe it, you'll keep walking with him. Isaac believed in his father. Isaac trusted his father. And because of it, he was willing to keep walking. But here's the deal. Many of us, we reach that place in our life where we can't make sense of it in our heads. Where God looks like he's not kind, we walk away. Because ultimately, we didn't really trust him. We just kind of trusted the favors. It's like, Lord, as long as you keep it coming, I'm going to keep on going with you. But God wants to deepen our faith where we're not just trusting in his blessings, we're trusting in his nature and his character. That, Lord, you know, you are good, and though you slay me, yet I will trust you. Though it makes no sense, though I lose my job, though I lose everything, I will trust you. Because on the other side of this loss, there must be a comeback or you wouldn't walk me through it. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you're with me, God. And you're a good God. And I trust you. And I will somehow get to the other side of this issue. But then Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father. He said, "Uh, hey, dad. You know, I may not be the smartest kid on the block, and um, <laughs> I've been thinking, and there's um, something doesn't quite add up here. <laughs> and Abraham didn't scold him or reprimand him. He said, uh, here I am, son. You see, the father didn't get mad because he asked the question. God's not mad at our honest questions. Even Jesus asked the question the same question three times at Gethsemane. The same question. He kept going back to God. God, is there any way you could take this cup? Now you, God, can you figure out any other way? But God was like, this is the way, son. Then he responded, not my will. Time be done. And the thing is, we stop walking with God when he is cross in front of us. And we're like, Lord, is there any way? I mean, you're God. You could take this thing. And God said, no, you're going to have to go through it, not around it. And many of us stop. We don't say, you know, not my will. It's like, Lord, I'm going to get what I want, and that's not what I want. I'm out of here. But Jesus, not my will, but thine be done. Here's what I know. If it's a sin to ask questions, I'm probably one of the biggest sinners in this room. Because I ask God questions. But here's the deal. If he doesn't answer the way I like or if he doesn't answer at all, I've learned to just trust him. Verse 9. Then they came to the place of which God had told him. And when you're where God has told you, he wants you to go. Doing what God has told you, he wants you to do and believing in your heart everything God said you become fearless i really can't explain it any normal father would be broken up by this point he's about to cut the throat of his child but here's the deal once we we become fearless our possibilities become limitless and this is what happened with abraham here abraham built an altar and it says he placed carefully the wood in order, not a picture of a man in a cold sweat, not the image of a, of a man weeping and angrily just tossing wood and saying, "What type of God are you?" And I'll do it because I'm scared of you. And, and 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 no, none of that. He was clear-headed. He's resolute. Why? Because he was fully persuaded that God could do what He promised. And when we let ourselves become fully persuaded that God could do what he promised. We could be calm in the midst of what seems to be the greatest sacrifice of our entire lives. And he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar. And we've covered this in the past. Uh, Isaac was young and strong enough to resist his old daddy here, but he yielded just like Jesus submitted to the will of the Father. He laid him on the altar upon the the wood. If Abraham did this, and he wasn't expecting a turnaround, he was the worst kind of man. And likewise, if God has sent you into what he sent you to, and doesn't anticipate a comeback and a turnaround, or at the end, a reward, He too is the worst type of father. God doesn't look at the challenge, He looks at the reward. This is what Jesus said. Hebrews says, I endured the cross for the glory set before me. Meaning, He was looking past the shame, He was looking past the pain. And seeing on the other side, you and me, lifting holy hands, worshiping God, reconnected to the Father, living with him eternally. And when he saw the reward, he was willing to face the cross. Likewise, we have to be willing to face our crosses in life. Because we are convinced that on the other side, there will be an upside and God will turn it around and and make it worth our while. Verse 10, and we're, we're almost through for the morning. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Abraham was ready. But only God would ultimately carry this out with his own son. So when Abraham is willing to do it, Pressure, his muscles are flexing, he's about to do it. An angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, and said, Abraham, Abraham. Now, most of us would have already said, I'm out of here, Lord. Yeah. But Abraham said, here I am. I stuck with you, God. From the bottom of the hill to the top of the hill. I was willing to leave whatever I needed to leave behind. I was willing to build the altar and build everything I needed to build up here. I was willing to lay down my, my son." But Abraham said, here am I, even though on the surface, if I look at the natural, with the natural eye, what, what I'm doing here it doesn't look good. But in spite of it, I see something in my heart, and I trust you. He said, here I am. You see, God and Abraham were true friends. And what a father wants is for their relationship with their children to move from just a place of an authority in a child's life to becoming a friend of that child. Don't try to do that eight years old, though. I'm not even sure about 16, 17. But, but as they age, you're no longer their boss. And if you don't have a friendship, you're going to have nothing else between you and them for the rest of their life. Because you can't go tell them go clean up their room. You can't tell them they can't go out or they can't hang with their... You can't tell them at a certain age. So, so Abraham and God, and actually the New Testament says this about Abraham and God, and this is what I want in my life, and I know what you want. They had become friends. Someone said this. He said, a true friend is someone who knows how crazy you are but is still willing to be seen with you in public. What's amazing about God... He knows how crazy I am. But he's still willing to let me bear that title Christian. He's still willing to be seen with me in public. He lets me put his name on my tongue and identify. That's friendship. And God said, do not, or the angel said, speaking for God, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now... I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. What the angel was saying was this sacrifice, what what Abraham was about to do was proof positive that Abraham loved God. Why? Because he would not withhold his son from him. Now, here's the question. What are you withholding from God? Where is the evidence of your commitment? If I looked at your checkbook, if I look at your calendar, if I watched your day, could I be convinced that you really loved him with all your heart? And here's the deal. If Abraham's willingness to sacrifice his son was enough for the angel to say, I know you love God. It's also proof positive that God loves us because he did not withhold his son. So the fact, every time you think of the fact that Jesus went to the cross for you, you ought to be fully persuaded that God loves you like none other. But even with Jesus, God sent him to the cross knowing he'd get up again. And he didn't abandon Jesus even for us. And God will not let one of his children, not one of his children, ever experience anything that God himself is not able to reward. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked. He looked up from the test to the only one with answers. And sometimes when I'm in my test, I'm just looking at what I'm dealing with and I get stuck. But I got to look up to the one with the answers while I'm taking that test. And when he looked up there behind him, not where he was looking before because he was in the test. It's amazing. We get caught up in our tests and, and we can't see all God's doing around us. And there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. And here's what had been happening. You see, as Abraham walked up one side of the mountain, his provision was walking up the other side. Like I said, it's my story. I tell it the way I want. So if Abraham paused on the other side of that mountain, the lamb would pause. If Abraham stepped back, the lamb would step back. As Abraham went forward, the lamb went forward. But here's the deal. Abraham couldn't see it. Abraham didn't know it. That's why it was a test. And when you're going through the test, you can't see it. You don't know what God's doing on the other side. But if you trust him, if you just keep walking, if you keep moving up your mountain, you will eventually see your provision. And that's why we're not going to cover it today. He said we were going to call this place Jehovah Jireh, the place the Lord God will provide. You see, God provides for those that don't quit in the middle. Those who are not overcome by, by, by the fact it doesn't look good on the surface, but those who trust in our heart, if God's letting me go through it, he, he loves me, he's for me, and I, I must be, be able to get something out of this situation. Again, I believed. Yeah, yeah. Every step, Abraham took up that mountain. That lamb was walking up the other side. Faith and fear are a whole lot alike. They both require us to believe something before we can see it. And when he was facing this issue, was he going to give in to fear? No, God, I'm not going to do it. Or was he going to trust? Here's the question. God's about to ask you to do some big things. I even said to the Lord, I said, Lord, I'm I'm preaching this again. Why? Why do you want me to do that? There's a lot of things in the Bible to talk about. It's like, I'm asking big things of my people. What you need to know, if he's making the ask, it's because he has a promise. What you need to do, I don't know what your thing is. I don't know where your sacrifice is. But if you walk up your side of the mountain, when you finally get to the top, you're going to meet Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God who provides. Amen.
2: You've been listening to Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer Get directions, service times, and much more at gracechurchva.org. That's our time. That's our time for today. Join us weekdays at this time for the teaching ministry of Dr. Derek Greer. And remember, until next time, live big.
3: If your family's like mine, the holidays are a time of love, sharing, and folks getting together. This can be a fun, refreshing, rewarding time, but it can also be a season of a lot of stress. A few hours into a certain family member's visit, you're reminded why you don't spend so much time with that person anymore. The snide comments, rivalry, and the conflict can become sometimes just a little bit much. Each family's different, but I encourage you to expect conflict. But remember, love has a way of turning even our worst enemies into friends. If things get heated, keep a cool head. Even if you have the right to snap back, remember, a soft answer turns away wrath. We will all have our moments, but I'm confident that you have what it takes to turn this holiday into something special.